Hello, everyone. Welcome to your. F- oh, why do you keep addressing your mic every okay. time I try to talk? Okay, I'm stop. I'm. Okay, I'm good. To my pod cabbages, the number one, <laughs> the number one Avatar: The Last Airbender podcast uh, show rewatch thing. I'm Summer. I'm Noah. So we're going to start as we do with a little bit of trivia. I got some facts for you. Are you ready? I'm ready. Uh, this is a good thing to bring up that I wish I had had prepared for our last episode, um, but I didn't. So. Here it is. Okay. Did you know that Monk Yatso was named after the current current Dalai Lama? I did not know that. Uh, the current Dalai Lama's name is. Are you ready for this? I'm ready. Tenzin Gyatso. <laughs> Dave Filoni. Does that name sound familiar? Barely. Dave Filoni was an episodic 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 director for season one of Avatar. This dude is best known as the supervising director of Star Wars The Clone Wars. Interesting. Yeah. But maybe I should watch that show now. I don't think it's a good show. Is it not? I don't think Star Wars The Clone Wars is a good show. I heard it was good. I heard Star Wars... Am I thinking of something else? I heard Star Wars Rebels was a better show. I am just so... Like, I do not watch any spinoff anythings because uh, (laughs) that gif of Reggie with the watch... I don't know if that picked up. Another little tidbit. Zuko was actually one of the last characters introduced into the show. They sort of wrote the whole show without Zuko. (laughs) That's so weird. Uh, Ozai was supposed to be like the main villain, but they Mm -hmm. were like, hmm, he might not be that involved in the story, just sitting on his throne the whole time trying to just like send birds out to to insult. (laughs) I I mean, maybe it could have just been... Just Ozai and Zuko's place, and he was um, just kind of traveling the world. I heard that wasn't the case. That it was, wasn't? That was the reason they introduced Zuko is because they just, were like, well, we have this guy, and he's just sitting on his throne. Yeah. What do we do with that? And Instead of being like, well, we could just send him out. They're like, well, let's introduce a new character. Let's make this guy have a baby, uh, and then uh, create the best character ever made in the history of cartoons. He was like the like the the Jesse Pinkman of Avatar. Yeah, pretty much. Where he was originally just not supposed to have a huge kind of part and then he was like the most memorable part. Yeah, I don't have like any Jeff Goldblum kind of sized tidbits this okay. week. Can I go back to the trivia that I found on the IMDb page for the last episode? Um I think Momo means peach in Japanese. I think you're right. Especially because when I was a little kid, I had a stray, there was a stray cat that would come around our house and I named him Momo. And I'm pretty sure I named him that because he was orange. So I. But how did you know? Because I've been studying Japanese since I was in sixth grade. Is Princess Peach Princess Momo? Oh God, probably not. 
Is it just Pichu or something? No, that's a Pokemon. <laughs> so this episode is kind of a weird one. Um, I think it was mainly supposed to be like a conduit for character development, mostly. It starts with Zuko meditating in his... I don't know if he has like a different room for everything on his ship or if he just rearranges his bedroom or what. <laughs> I think he just rearranges his bedroom. But he's sitting there meditating with his little candles. Iroh comes in and Zuko says, hey, you better not be interrupting me. Can for- we talk about how Zuko meditates? Uh, go ahead. I, I think this is really nice of Zuko because he obviously has like some anger management issues and he wants to address it. He's not ignoring these parts of himself. He tells Iroh, you better not be interrupting me for anything other than news about the Avatar. And Iroh is like, oh, we've got news all right. Oh boy, do we have some news. And Zuko's like, okay, lay it on me. And Iroh is like, please don't get mad. And Zuko's like, why would I get mad? I don't get mad. He says, you taught me to not get upset or whatever. That's why I'm doing this meditating. And he's doing some deep breathing exercises and a little little fire goes up and down because fire comes over the breath. See, and he's listening to his uncle's advice. I thought you were going to say he's listening to his uncle's podcast. And I would really love to listen to a podcast by Iroh. Holy shit, are you kidding me? Put that shit behind a paywall and I would be broke because I would be listening to it. (laughs) But then he says that they don't know where the Avatar is. And I'm like, how is that news? That wasn't new. First of all, they didn't Mm -hmm. know where he was. I mean, maybe it was like we had an idea of where... The Avatar was. And it's like, now we have no idea. We really... (laughs) I don't feel like that's interruption-worthy information, though. (laughs) Um, But they take a look at the map where they're sort of plotting where they've tracked the Avatar so far. And it's like this big, elaborate zigzag. And Zuko's like, he's a master of evasive maneuvering. And then cut to the gang. And they're looking at the same map and... Sokka's just like, where the fuck are we? We're totally lost. Katara's fixing Sokka's pants and Sokka makes a sexist comment. <laughs> really? In the wiki, it doesn't even Sokka? say what it- Sokka of all people? Yeah, it's wild, I know. But like the wiki from like the amount of research that I've done so far is like painfully detailed. But in this part, it doesn't even say what Sokka says. It just says oh. Sokka makes a sexist comment. And you can see the author of this page just like standing on his deck with a cigarette. I think he says like, oh, girls are only good for fixing stuff. And dudes are the ones who are good at fighting. And when I was 12 years old watching this, this didn't like the way that Sokka was talking, all of these stupid comments that he made. They were, like, kind of annoying, but, like, they didn't seem weird or, like, frustratingly problematic to mm-hmm. me at all. Like, it just seemed like, well, yeah, that's how guys are. You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> yeah. it was very common for, like, dialogue of the time. Mm-hmm. Just, for- like, just young boys to just, like, hate women. We watched the the Little Rascals movie recently. Oh, God. The is like the fact that their little clubhouse is called the Women Haters Club. <laughs> is that supposed to be like a cute thing? Because I just saw that as like, wait, what? Oh, a little cute little kid about little kids. And they're like, we hate women. Yeah. <laughs> Very 
disconcerting. And that's our identity. But yeah, Katara like gets pretty angry about it, and I don't remember seeing characters actually respond in that way to this kind of rhetoric mm-hmm. back then. Okay, I've heard that sexism was less tolerated in the 70s, and then I heard it was less tolerated in the 80s, and then I heard it was less tolerated in the 90s, mm-hmm. and now I feel like people are saying, like, now is the time that sexism will die, and it's like... I feel like this has been a thing for like 30, 40, 50, 60? From the beginning of time? time. Very long time, I feel like. It doesn't seem like it's getting any better. And tries to impress Katara with a little marble trick. If you're an airbender, can you just pick things up? Yeah, you're like, you have telekinesis. You're just like a Jedi now. They are like monks, which is kind of the Jedi thing too. It's all the (laughs) same. What's the Everything's difference? the same. Everything is exactly the same. They land on a little Earth Kingdom island, and they come ashore, and there's elephant koi jumping out of the water. Uh, I wanted to bring this up, and I was too lazy to go back and actually check. Okay. When Aang is looking at the map, I think it was in the yeah the first episode when he says he wants to make a pit stop <laughs> at this place and ride the giant elephant koi. Does he say where they are, or does he just say, we're going to go here? And ride the elephant koi. I don't remember what he says. I mean, we'll get into this in a bit. But I wanted to point out maybe a little bit of, um, what's the word? Plot inconsistency. Plot hole. Plot failure. Plot bad. Plot bump. Plot bump. Plot pothole. Plot hole. <laughs> Wait, I already said <laughs> yeah, that. Yeah, that's, a, that's, a, that's already it. Aang sees the giant koi fish jump out of the water, and he, his clothes just come right off. And I'm thinking, is this is this koi like part elephant or is it just called that because it's big they're just big they just look big big is a trait of elephant so it's like part elephant part koi and it's like which part is the elephant part and it's like just the big part i was also thinking i've heard and i highly doubt is true but it could be that koi fish is just a goldfish if you just let it swim out no, in, that's, that's in a not bigger... no, 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 okay. no, that's not true <laughs> thank you very much adam savage and jamie hyman hyman myth busted <laughs> So I was just thinking by that logic, if you just let a goldfish out in the ocean, it would just become that big, like whale size. Uh, no. Naked Aang runs out into the water. He's got a little whatever his underwear is made of. Speedo. He must be so cold. Yeah, it's like- There's snow on the ground. There's snow on the ground. Uh, runs out. Grabs a hold of one of the big old fish and goes surfing. And Katara actually looks pretty impressed. I guess if I saw someone do that, I'd be pretty impressed too, Yeah. to be fair. Before too long, a big old thing shows up in the water. None of them really seem to the know what it is. Koi? That's already showed up. Something okay. even bigger. Even bigger? It starts eating the koi. I don't like that. No, it's very big. This is like the main reason that you, uh, as a rational creature of logic, you should never enter the ocean because there's always something bigger. This is like exactly what like the your subconscious mind thinks when you're like in the middle of the ocean. Or a pool. Any pool. Bathtub. Bathtub. <laughs> I had a, a long period of my life where I could not be in the bathtub while it was draining because I was <laughs> afraid it would suck me down. So oh I God. would always leave the bathtub before I would start draining it. I used to think that Every time I flushed the toilet, that little ominous noise that it made was like a countdown timer for the amount of time I had to get out of the bathroom before something ate oh, me. Oh, like when the, so the toilet just like goes, the, just the noise of like the, and then the, yeah, the noise of the tank like filling back up. 
Because, you know, it stops. After it stops, it's, like, silent. Um, speaking of water, a big fish comes out, eating a koi fish. You don't really see it, but... Are you just trying to get back to the plot? Yeah, I'm trying to get back to the plot. Okay. Aang runs out of the ocean very quickly, making a good face. Mm-hmm. There are a lot. Actually, it's like, there are a lot of good faces in this. I can't keep doing that. It's, it's very... <laughs> It's very exaggerated animation right here. It's good. You see his whole nose. I thought it was interesting that nobody knew about the unagi. The unagi. Excuse me. Mm-hmm. We keep saying unagi because that's the way it's spelled, but they pronounce it in the show as unagi. Unagi in Japanese actually means eel. Oh. Yeah. <laughs> that's why as, it sounds familiar. As anyone who's ever been to a sushi bar knows. Mm-hmm. I think the reason that they pronounce it unagi is so it's not so obvious that yeah. they've just literally called this thing eel there was a movie that was similar to uh avatar the last airbender anaconda and and it was a (laughs) there was a character who is named ang spelled the same way but they pronounced it ong because Um, that's the correct i'm gonna stop you right now because whatever you have to say about this is not important another thing about the unagi (laughs) the unagi Mm -hmm. minagi us, Nagi. Anywhere else. <laughs> Another thing about the Yunagi is that it is, and I wouldn't have known this if I hadn't looked it up. Oh, God, I have so many fun facts about the Yunagi. Okay. Because I wanted to figure out what the fuck this thing's deal was, especially because there was sort of like an alarm going off in my head. Like, why doesn't Aang know about this, even though he was familiar with the elephant koi and came here, apparently, uh, more than once to ride them? So why didn't he know about this giant creature that was living in the ocean? I went through and did a little bit of research on it. The Yunagi is actually native to the southwestern Earth Kingdom. I'll get back to this later because okay. there is a point I want to make about this. Back on shore, they all get attacked by some mysterious warriors. Yeah. They're some just, really strong, capable warriors. They're just tied up and just knocked out. And then they get tied to a pole when their blindfolds are taken off. We see that the warriors were women from what we can tell. And Sokka gets- women. Very angry. Women! Sokka makes a sexist comment. It's just white noise. And one of the warriors who seems to be like the leader of the warriors, maybe. Because she's the only one with different hair. The anime protagonist says, um, well, we can just throw you back to the Yanagi if you like. Which, again, I want to just mention the people in the village seem to be aware of this creature, even though Mm -hmm. the gang has never heard of it. And then the leader of the village, uh, whose name is Oyaji, he wants to know why they're there and suspects them of being maybe Fire Nation spies because that's how they just categorize all suspicious people Mm -hmm. at this time. They get really angry about this potential threat because they have been intending to stay out of the Hundred Year War. Um, They haven't really gotten involved with it at all up to this point, and they're not interested in doing so um which i don't know it seems a little selfish when you have like a group of warriors at Mm -hmm. your disposal like maybe shouldn't they be helping or something yeah and then the leader oyashi says something about how um oh these are our kyoshi warriors and this is the island of kyoshi and and gets really excited oh hey i know kyoshi this is why i wanted to bring this up um, because I I thought in the first episode that he said that they would go to Kyoshi Island and ride the elephant koi. I mean, I could be wrong. I don't know if he actually called it that. 
I think I remember him saying Kyoshi Island. <laughs> yeah. Elephant Koi. The people are kind of confused and like they just think it's ridiculous. Like, how would you know Kyoshi? Kyoshi died like 400 years ago or whatever. And he's like, oh, uh, I'm the Avatar. So I've, of course I know her because she was an Avatar like me. I was like, well, that's weird because he didn't know who Roku was, even though he was an Avatar. He didn't really. And then I was like, oh, wait. In the last episode, I think maybe with that big episode that he had with his... Where he had like a spiritual awakening yeah, kind of thing. His spiritual awakening, maybe like that was the moment where he connected with his past avatars. Oh, I just kind of know these people now. Yeah. Myself. I think he's like more familiar with them now. Katara is like, hey, why don't you prove you're an airbender? And he just kind of hops up and floats away. And yeah. I'm like, you could have just gotten out of these... <laughs> ropes right away like he's tied up and how he escapes he just goes he goes up yeah he doesn't struggle or anything he just kind of floats off (laughs) everyone is like fucking floored by this yeah there seems to be very little cultural knowledge about airbenders here i don't know if like the the arrow tattoo tradition has been along for a while that's true but they seem to be based off of the the, off of the sky bison and it seems like if you know two things about airbenders they have like those arrow tattoos that's two things two things they (laughs) they bend air and they have arrow tattoos i was thinking the same thing at first but then i was thinking you know it's been a very long time and when he appeared at the southern tribe none of them knew he was an airbender either Also, they do seem to be, like, since they're on an island, a lot of stuff that they do seems to be pretty isolated. But then, because everyone seems so excited about his airbending, he gets to do his little marble trick, and people are actually impressed. Yeah. (laughs) I'm impressed. I'm impressed. We get the foamy mouth guy in this scene who, like, from my memory of watching Avatar, was, like, one of the best parts of the show. Yeah. And now the humor seems extremely dated. Yeah. He was... (laughs) He he was perfect for the time. He was very memeable. Anyways, I'm pretty sure I became a fan of a uh, foamy mouth guy on Facebook or something back when you could become a fan of things. I got a sticky mouth. Everyone is very excited to see airbending because they, they've never seen it and it's fun. It's like seeing Magneto or like Jean Grey just doing stuff. Mm. Hmm. Why did I just make a Marvel reference? It's like seeing magic because I don't think there's any benders on this island. Because it's so cool, they tell everyone and word travels very quickly that the Avatar is on Kyoshi Island. I just want to say, though, they were just sort of word of mouthing this like all the way to Zuko. And I am just shocked that like by the time... It got to Zuko. It wasn't like the avatar Kyoshi is on an island catching fish or something. Yeah. <laughs> like Kyoshi the avatar is mm-hmm. alive. She's come back from the dead, I think. That's what I heard. The avatar came Kiyoshi, back. Kyoshi the avatar is on Fish Island and is uh, catching uh, marbles. Is <laughs> trying to catch Aang on <laughs> It's playing marbles with uh, Anchor. Zuko and Iroh do get this news, though, correctly, somehow. They figure it out via fish in the montage. It's literally just passing fish over until it's just like a baked fish in front of Zuko. And it's like, here's a baked fish from uh, Kyoshi Island. And he cuts it open and there's a note inside. (laughs) There's a marble inside and it says, Aang's Marble. (laughs) 
Where is this fish from? <laughs> On the island, Aang and Katara are having a little feast that the village put together for them because they're just very excited to have the Avatar there with them. They're like tidying up the place and they're redoing the Kyoshi statue in his honor. He's getting very excited about how much people appreciate him here. Mm -hmm. And this could be kind of good for Aang because this is this is the first time that Aang seems to embrace being the Avatar. It should be good. Um, but I think he gets a little bit too much of it all at once. Um, and Katara does point out like, hey, maybe this is all going to her head a little bit. Just make sure that doesn't happen. Aang's like, oh, I'm just a simple monk. That would never happen to me. And then like his fangirls are standing outside like cooing and cawing. And he's very excited to see. Yeah. All of these people. Sokka's still very pouty. Oh my god. Sokka makes a sexist comment. He doesn't want to eat because he's too busy being sexist. We get like a little 80s kind of running back and forth montage with yeah. Aang. Just being chased by girls. In the subtitles though, it calls them women, which I just felt yeah, weird because about. Because they seem like that they're like 9 or 10 years they old. They look younger so. than that. They look like they're yeah. like 7. There's like a little moment where Aang's getting his portrait done and all of these girls start showing up and just the commentary from the artist is very funny <laughs> yeah painting the avatar okay it's like oh oh there's more of them okay just run oh, oh, oh a little bit more okay mm -hmm. meanwhile Sokka is casually wandering into the training facility slash dojo area where the Kyoshi warriors are practicing and he's like, he's, he's stretching and he's like, oh. He, he walks in like mumbling sexist comments. <laughs> he does make a sexist comment. Yeah. Didn't mean to interrupt your dance practice. And Suki demonstrates the most incredible restraint here as he like walks in saying this ridiculously bigoted bullshit. And she's just like very nice to him. I mean, she's obviously mm -hmm. being sarcastic. But I guess Suki lives in like respect women town so it's not something that she might be like used to or is like always having to deal with you don't respect women that's <laughs> what that's silly that's weird it's like in princess mononoke that town where i think her name is iboshi and she has all of her women who are like the most powerful people in town basically and they like run the place and they're extremely disrespectful to their husbands yeah and i love to see it yeah or like even in uh um, the wise man's fear in um ademre yeah the women run that place too yeah love these respect women towns we live in a respect women society but he offers to <laughs> teach them something or like he's just like oh why don't i show you a few moves and so he's like Oh, I would love that. And then he's like, oh, I know this is going to be hard, but try to block me. And then he like goes in to attack her and she just like barely moves. And she fucking owns him, like annihilates him in this little yeah. battle. Like he goes in, he like does this, he fails. And then he's like, oh, it's going easy. And then she just turns around and fucking like owns him to the ground. He, like, like he flips over and he goes, Whoa. <laughs> You hear a little groan stick again. She grabs his belt off his waist yeah. in the battle, like spins him around and ties his leg to his arm and he just falls over. At the farmer's market, Katara asks Aang if he'll help her with uh, her little bag of veggies. And he's like, 
oh, I can't do that, but would you like to come hang out with me uh, on Oppa? I told the girls I'd give them a ride. And Katara's like, um, we have some stuff to take care of and we should probably get going. And Aang's like, but people here like me and I like being here. And Katara gets really frustrated. Like, this is, you're being kind of irresponsible and I'm trying to, you know, get ready for our trip. And Aang's like, I think you're just jealous. I don't know if he's saying like jealous of like him having fun or if he's like trying mm-hmm. to imply that he likes her or he she likes him and like the fact that he's spending all this time with these other girls is like making her jealous in some way but it's just either way very funny to see him say this like looking up three feet down from the ground like because just they're at the age <laughs> where they're approximately the same age but just because they're still kids like She's way taller. There's there's like the the low end of puberty and the high end of puberty. And then later Sokka shows back up at the dojo and Suki does not demonstrate the same amount of, of restraint that she had originally and she's just like what the fuck do you want? <laughs> like just so angry. Um and then Sokka like wow, it, like the amount of character development he goes through in literally one scene. <laughs> like, mm-hmm. this happens, and then we cut to Katara and, and Aang for, like, a minute, and then we go back, and Sokka's like, I've been cured of my sexism. <laughs> this, is, this is the only way that Sokka's character develops, that he gets the shit beat out of him. It's true. He shows up, and he's like, I would be honored if you would teach me how to fight. And he gets down on his knees and bows, like, on the floor. Mm-hmm. He's apologizing for what he said. I just, I'm so blown away by this incredible display of humility that he shows in this scene. And Suki, like, could just have been like, oh, thank you. Like, I appreciate it. Why don't you come in? You know, a lot of women have the instinct to, like, at the first sign of a man. Like, showing any emotional Emotional, emotional (laughs) vulnerability. Yeah, at the smallest sign of a man showing any kind of emotional vulnerability or like understanding of their sexist comments or whatever, they they want to just kind of immediately reel back and like give them the opportunity to um, like to 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 reward them like they're dogs. (laughs) Like, good job, you did it. You can. Yeah, you didn't pee on the carpet. Good job. Exactly, but. Suki, she doesn't even do that. She's like, even though I'm a girl, and she like really sinks her teeth into like how much of an upper hand she has here. Any guy in an, in any other show would just be like, well, I tried, and he'd just storm out. Yeah. And- <laughs> <laughs> well, I tried one time. <clears throat> um, but no, she does that, and he continues to like, he's still on the ground like, no, I promise, I, I, I've realized my wrongs and I want to make it up to you and I want you to teach me how to fight because you're obviously better than me. I love to see men addressing their issues like this. It's good. But Suki tells him that he needs to adhere to all of their customs, puts him in the whole regalia with the whole dress-like robe and makeup and the whole getup. And Sokka does kind of like, oh, do I have to? But he's like, he's Fairly good sport about it, especially because mm-hmm. Suki then like sort of points out all of the different elements of the outfit, like the I think it's like the material symbolizes like their ba- their bravery as warriors, and the gold insignia on the sleeve was like their honor. And Sokka is like really into it, like oh yeah, bravery and honor. 
And then Aang walks by, makes the funny gender non-confirming joke. Mm-hmm. He's like, nice dress. Thanks a lot, Aang. Like, <laughs> this scene could have been so good. He's just being a pretty naughty boy in this episode. Yeah, Aang does have a lot of shit to... He, he's, he's really showing his naughty side. I don't like that word. It looks like they're in the dojo pretty much all day practicing, and Sokka gets pretty good, actually. He even catches Suki off guard once, like, kind of gets the best of her. And Suki gets, like, immediately, even though she's been very cool, like, this whole episode, she gets very visibly upset and sort of defends herself, saying, oh, that was on purpose, and she gets a little flushed. And honestly, like, I identify with this very much, as a fake gamer girl mm-hmm. <laughs> because as a woman when you're trying to do anything that guys are supposed to be better at allegedly air quotes air quote air quote air quote better at um if you ever fuck up even if you're good like 80 percent of the time and then you fuck up 20 percent of the time like that 20 percent is the 20 percent that the guys are going to come in and be like see girls aren't good at this yeah <laughs> even though like a guy could be bad at something most of the time and no one cares at all it's mm. (laughs) but then even so she does turn around and admit that he did get the better of her and then she's like well try to fucking do it again (laughs) somewhere else (laughs) i'm not sure where it is just a room a little room katara is practicing some water bending on this tiny little bowl (laughs) just playing with a bowl of water and watching these earlier episodes i always forget how terrible of a waterbender katara is at the beginning of the show she's just so she can barely do it she's just splashing around yeah like that was i guess like that's the whole reason she came with Aang is she's like i i can bend water but barely but yeah she's just sitting there just kind of pulling water out of a little bowl and putting it back it's like a little noodle by the way um speaking of katara and pole uh i did see somewhere that Apparently, Katara in, I don't remember what language it is, but in some language, it actually means like curse or hex. Ooh, oh, witchy. Angwakin. Angwakin Phoenix. Ang walks in and he's like, hey, I'm going to go ride that hell eel. And Katara's like, no, I just called her guitar. Didn't he just mean the the elephant koi again? No, he said specifically, he was like, hey, remember that really big, dangerous fish that almost killed me? He's like, I'm going to try to ride the Yunagi. He literally says, like, hey, remember that thing that almost ate me? And Katara Mm -hmm. was like, yeah. Aang's like, I'm going to go ride it now. And then Katara's like, okay. And Aang's like, good. And she's like, fine. He's like, great. She's like, cool. And then he just storms out. We cut to him out in the ocean. And he's just kind of waiting there, sitting in the water, waiting for the the Yunagi to show up. And it's been a while, and the girl, like his little fan group is all... Old, old Charlie Brown gang. <laughs> they're all standing out on shore like, Aang, when's it going to get here? And Aang's like, I, I don't know. I don't have it scheduled. And then uh, just to like keep them occupied, he pulls out his marbles from... God knows so, where. I'm hoping he has like a special pocket <laughs> in his underwear or something. I don't. Yeah. Ooh, he keeps his marbles by his. We don't need any more of this. But if we don't say it, everyone will be like, why didn't you make a joke about his marbles and his underwear? At this point, the girls are like really over this little marble trick. He's obviously mm-hmm. shown it to them every chance he can get because it's the best 
I mean, like, we've seen Aang airbending. Why does he think that this is impressive? I mean... He's very good at airbending. I feel like it would be impressive to airbenders. It's like if you did some, like, weird fancy thing about at the piano where you, like, twist your fingers in, like, kind of a weird way really fast. And the music doesn't actually sound that cool, yeah, but, like, but, to another pianist, it's like, wow, I can't believe well, he did you, that with his fingers. You really practice your whole Hayden exercise really well. Uh, but they wander off, and Katara shows up, and she's like, I just wanted to make sure that you were okay, and... Aang is surprised to see her because they just had their little argument. Katara apologizes and Aang apologizes also. We get a very, very like heartwarming, very decent, substantial, a good apology scene just to immediately admit that you're wrong and to make up and, you know, kind of move on instead of just holding a grudge, sort of letting bygones be bygones. And like expecting people to feel sorry for you continuously after you apologize. Aang even like admits, you know, you were completely right and I did let it go to my head and we should have more apologies like that. Yeah. Little married couple things. (laughs) Thank you. I don't know what that, if there's something I should apologize (laughs) for right now. You know. And then after this beautiful little heartwarming moment, the Yunagi does show up and tries to eat Aang. Yeah. Like, it picks him up on his on its back and then, you know, I said it tries to eat him, but it looks like it was just trying to kill him. Yeah. <laughs> it just picks him up and then blasts him into the water. The Yunagi could be like a vegetarian, just like eating krill all the time. I mean, a krillitarian, maybe. But a Episcopalian? It- it could just be trying to kill Aang for sport. <laughs> Are all predatory fish Episcopalian? <laughs> Aang is lying in the water. He looks like dead, basically. Yeah. And Katara, very understandably, is concerned about his life and runs in to save him. And I'm screaming, you're a waterbender, you idiot! But I remembered her little waterbending the bowl She sequence. doesn't. I don't think she even takes off her coat. Well, it is very cold. True, yeah. She's, Just wading through the water very slowly. She catches up to him, though, and starts pulling him back, but she's obviously not going to make it out of the water in time. So she does go into her own little avatar state and blasts them out of the water with, like, a very powerful, like, level 40 waterbending move. Mm -hmm. Impressive play by Katara. Mm -hmm. Her ultimate finally recharged. And as they are exiting the ocean, we see Zuko's ship sort of coming up to the shore also as the Yunagi is like descending into the water and swimming away and I'm like hmm is this a metaphor Hazel Grace? (laughs) I brought up earlier that the Yunagi is not native to this area it came up from the southwestern Earth Kingdom area and it's trying to kill Aang for no discernible reason and swims (laughs) off just as Zuko's ship pulls up and I'm like Global warming. What? Is the Fire Nation attacking? Symbolizing the rapid warming of our planet. There is a lot of parallels between the Fire Nation and global warming. And I think that the Fire Nation could be causing global warming also in this world. But then the Fire Nation caused climate change. (laughs) There's a lot of coal emissions coming from the Fire Nation. No wonder the Southern Water Tribe is so tiny. 
the polar bears are dying. We just watched uh, an episode of Planet Earth. That was 2006. Oof. Wait, that's when this show was. Oh. Huh. Planet Earth 1 and Avatar The Last Airbender were airing at the same time. So, global warming. Is this a metaphor, Hazelnurse? Yes, it is, Hansel Gretel. <laughs> On the shore, Katara waterbends the water out of Aang's lungs. Just, yeah. <laughs> just saves his life. And Aang is like, come closer. I need... Just another one of these moments. To let you know, don't ride the unagi. Not fun. <laughs> hey, do unagi. Stop it now. Oyaji shows up at the dojo and asks the girls for help. And Sokka uh, finally seems to realize how pointless gender is. Mm-hmm. <laughs> He's like, wait, I'm not. Uh, you know what? Whatever. Mm-hmm. And then a little battle takes place in the center of town with all the Kyoshi warriors out there kicking ass. Well, no. Zuko and some friends are there. Zuko and friends. I was initially really disappointed in how easily the... Kyoshi warriors were just kind of defeated in these little spout, those, these little bouts of fighting. Um, but then I remembered, like, they have already made a point to say that the Kyoshi Island people were completely uninterested in joining the war. And so, of course, they're not going to be good at fighting firebenders because they've never tried or even, like, bothered learning how to do that. But I feel like... You should. Of course you should. I feel like if you're going to be training to fight, I feel like that that's the, that should be one of the only things you should be training for. It seems to be like the only really real threat out there. They apparently chose to not do that. Especially, okay. (laughs) Especially when you think about how they fight with fans. That's true. (laughs) And they're literally just fanning the flames. And then Aang shows up all heroically with his theme song kind of playing in the background with this close-up shot of him and his tiny Donald Trump arm. (laughs) He's got a little Deadpool hand. So it looks like the artists working on this episode were trying... (laughs) Okay, it's very frustrating to see this because, first of all, this is one of those shots that gets a lot of screen time. Maybe like five, six seconds, mm-hmm. like a, a good, it even has like a little panning, a little zooming. And the, there, there is zero animation in the shot too. Yeah. The perspective work on this shot is so bad. <laughs> so if you pause this part of the episode where it like, where, okay, first of all, Aang shows up and he's like, looking for me. What does he say? Like something like that. I'm right. Avatar. I'm the avatar. He's like, Master the of avatar? all forms. I'm right here. I'm right here. I'm right here. Yeah. Something like that. And like I said, get the dramatic Aang's theme. And then we get this shot of Aang where his arm looks like it's just a foot long, like at most. It looks like it's half the size that it should be. They tried to make it look like he was holding his staff out in front of him, but they... Like he has his arm extended holding his staff. I don't know what else to say about this other than it's funny. (laughs) And he's he's just knocking everyone out. They have a little Aang Zuko fight. Which is very good. I love to see that every single time we get another sort of bending fight, they just get progressively more beautiful to watch. Aang gets his staff knocked out of his hand at some point in this battle, and he picks up a couple of fans from one of the fallen Kyoshi warriors, and we get some just really good Goon Bagua fighting with him and his fans. And his fans in the background. 
And very quickly, he is able to knock Zuko into one of the buildings, sort of decapitating him. Decapacitating. Depacit. Despacio. Capacitate. Despacito. But then he looks very sad, uh, realizing how much damage uh, not only the firebenders have caused to this village, but he himself just did knocking Zuko into a building and, like, destroying it. Mm Mm-hmm. So he runs over to find Katara and he's like, yo, we are really doing a number on this town. What are we supposed to do about this? And Katara says, I think all we can do is leave because Zuko's just following you. He's just destroying stuff in the way, basically. And says, I know it seems shitty, but maybe we should just leave. This seems like a really weird way to resolve this issue. But Katara is kind of, I mean, she's right. It would be better if Aang were able to offer some kind of an apology to the villagers. But there are those girls that have been following him around in mm-hmm. the background of this shot, sort of intently watching this conversation. So I can only assume they're going to run back and tell everyone what they were talking about. Not only that, but I hate to be an apologist for the behavior of this episode. But if you think about it, Zuko hasn't really shown this kind of behavior before. He showed up at the Southern Water Tribe to detain Aang and left everyone there fine. He didn't destroy anything. He just wanted to get Aang and and get him out of there. And Mm -hmm. maybe they just assumed because that happened, they thought that Zuko didn't have any plans on destroying things. I don't know. Like they, I guess they just hadn't really seen or they hadn't really thought about the consequences of being chased by firebenders up until this point. I will not apologize for Aang's ridiculously immature (laughs) prerogatives for the majority of this episode, though. He was being extremely egotistical and selfish and not really thinking about anyone but himself. But we already have established Aang as like kind of selfish a little bit just from the fact that I guess we don't really know this, but he, you know, ran away from his responsibilities initially. So he he has always leaned toward avoiding responsibility. And in this episode, we really see the consequences of that kind of irresponsibility, I guess. Mm -hmm. Luckily, nobody is hurt from what we can tell, but they sure do fuck up that town. Yeah, it's it's bad. Behind one of the buildings, Suko. (laughs) Suko. Back behind a building, Suki and Sokka are having a little moment. Suki is telling Sokka to go ahead and go with his friends, and he doesn't want to leave, uh, especially without apologizing. He says, um, I just wanted to apologize for calling you a girl or whatever. <laughs> it was like, I was just seeing you as a girl, but I should have been seeing you as a warrior. And she's like, well, I'm a warrior, but I'm a girl too. And then she <laughs> kisses him on the cheek. I guess, like, factually, that's true. Mm-hmm. Suki is a girl, and Sokka wasn't wrong about that, so fair. But Suki runs into town and kind of holds off the firebenders so that the rest of them can get away. As they're flying off, Aang jumps off of Sokka. <laughs> What's his name? Appa. God, mm-hmm. they need to, like, do something about all of these names sounding the same. We need to do something about it. We're going to be changing everybody's names. So from now on, Aang is Ong. Aang jumps off of Appa. Just like, if you excuse me. Lands in the water and pulls, just pulls the Yanagi out. <laughs> and then like suddenly he's like fucking like Ratatouille kind of controlling the 
Yunagi. Then somehow he gets the Yunagi to spray water all over the village. Zuko and friends all soaked. I love that they're, I don't know what they're doing. They all like regrouped on top of the rhinos and they're like, we're about to get stuff done. I think they were planning on going after Aang because they saw him going yeah. off, but they're angled in such a way that they were about to, it looked like they were about to follow them into the ocean, which like, yeah. good luck. <laughs> the whole town is sort of extinguished at that point, And <laughs> we see the leader, the mayor of this town or whatever he is, Oyaji. He's like, thank you, Aang, like wiping a little tear out of his eye. <laughs> Thanks, Aang, for just absolutely <laughs> destroying our village and mm. just ruining they, my life personally. Like, they were, like, renovating the entire village for him. And then the firebenders just came, and then he just soaked the village, and then he left. He can just send him an email later. Thawi. The gang flies off into the sunset. Another happy ending. Aang gets a hug from Gitara. Gitara. Which is from Gitara, which is all he kind of wanted was just to sort of impress her that's the episode what'd you think of it summer good wait no i this is <laughs> this is not one of my favorite episodes actually it's not great just something about it was not necessarily boring but just it did feel very character developy yeah which is important it's it's definitely an important episode but it's just not exciting or it's, it's mostly like just people arguing and being kind of passive-aggressive. Yeah, like Aang is one of my favorite elements of the show, and the fact that he was so insufferable in this episode Mm -hmm. made it very unenjoyable to me. Yeah, you get a couple of rude boys in here. Let's get on to the next part, though. Yeah, what's the most important factor in terms of where Suki would live? Price, uh, proximity to friends and family, proximity to good bars slash restaurants, uh, proximity to nature or the weather. Proximity to family or friends or whatever, probably. Because she just got to hang out with her warrior friends. If Suki could only eat one food for the rest of her life, what would it be? Pizza, burritos, salad, steak, sushi, french fries, or literally just cheese. I think she's like a steak girl, but like she's not like a salad girl. But I would say I think she's a french fries girl. Suki likes french fries. Uh, What would Suki's favorite holiday be? Christmas, New Year's, Halloween, Valentine's Day, Thanksgiving, or Fourth of July, baby. Is that with an E? She definitely seems like a Christmas person. Yeah. Maybe it's just the like the color aesthetic. Mm-hmm. I don't know, but she's got that pine tree green. Yeah, I can see her getting like uh cinnamon candles. Does Suki want to live somewhere with snow? Yes. I need my winters to have snow. No, give me sunny and warm all year. Or I don't really care about weather. She doesn't care about weather. Yeah. Would Suki prefer living in a big city, a smaller city, or a more rural area? Uh, probably rural. Um, which recreational activity would appeal to Suki the most? <laughs> Gambling, surfing, and beach lounging, tubing down a river while drinking, or she love live music? <laughs> God, it says I love live music. Live, Noah. Oh, <laughs> sorry, I can't read. I love live music. To be fair, it's the same word. She loves (laughs) live. Do you ever listen to live music? I love that they include drinking in the tubing. 
Yeah. Like that's just part of the the tubing experience. You have to have a drink. I think it is being from Florida. It happens a lot. Probably surfing and beach lounging. Yeah. That's like the most sort of athletic. Here's the U.S. state that Suki should live in based on her preferences. It is Hawaii. Great. Well, she does live on an island, so that's very appropriate. That's true. She lives on a little island, so she'd probably live on Hawaii. If surfing is your thing, there's pretty much no place in the United States that will serve you better than Hawaii. Sure, California will do in a pinch, but Hawaii is a real place for beach lifestyle. I guess Suki likes that beach lifestyle. So what was this quiz for exactly? Um, which state should you live in? Okay, because you said you state. What? Oh, which U.S. state? <laughs> Noah loves to slur his words. Which U.S. state should you live in? Noah loves to slur his words. Uh, what is Sokka's favorite holiday? New Year's Eve, birthday, <laughs> Christmas, 4th of July, Halloween, St. Patrick's Day, Thanksgiving, Valentine's Day, or... Holidays are the worst. I'm really torn between birthday and Thanksgiving. I would imagine Sokka would have like a meat cake on his birthday. Probably Thanksgiving. Pick a letter in the alphabet. D-L-B-K-M-Q-O-V-T. That's a lot of letters. <laughs> I'm going to say T because it's the most masculine looking letter. Sokka T-poses. <laughs> he would definitely T-pose to intimidate people. Who is Sokka's Favorite Britney Spears. Britney bitch. That's not how that works. Okay. Justin's Britney. K-Fed's Britney. Madonna Kiss Britney. Mickey Mouse Club Britney. Baby One More Time Britney. Oops, I did it again, Britney. Slave for You Britney. Toxic Britney. Vegas Britney. Probably not the Disney Britney because he's on Nickelodeon, not Disney Channel. Oops, I did it again. Probably, in my opinion. That's, that's what I was thinking because I vaguely remember actually seeing the music video when that song came out, I think. And she was like, I think she was like on like on the moon and like in a little astronaut outfit. He has a space sword and then he dates the moon. The next question came up and there's just like a picture of an astronaut. <laughs> what is your dream job? Actor, astronaut, party planner, chef, high school teacher, rock star, writer, socialite, or computer game programmer? Either a rock star or an astronaut. I'm just going to double down on astronauts. Who is Sokka's favorite Disney villain? Gaston, Cruella de Vil, Jafar, Scar, Maleficent, the Queen, Yzma, Yzma, Yzma? Yzma. 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 Captain Hook or Ursula? I'm going to say Captain Hook because I feel like he would like a little good pirate sword fight. What does Sokka eat for breakfast? I'll eat whatever. Omelette, waffles, mimosas and Bloody Marys, coffee, French toast, egg McMuffin, cereal, or yogurt. I think I'll eat whatever. Yeah. Pick a celebrity baby name. Celebrity baby name. Rocket, ocean, north, moon unit. <laughs> Apple, cocoa, Maddox, blue ivy, or audio science. Can I say moon unit? Of course. Okay. Moon unit. Ding. Final answer. Where does Sokka get his news? The Daily Show, Facebook, his mom. Oh. Oh. Google alerts, cable TV, word of mouth, newspaper, Twitter, or online. Sokka would definitely get a lot of news from Facebook, I think. What is Sokka's favorite fast food restaurant? KFC, McDonald's, Papa John's, In-N-Out. Chipotle, Taco Bell, Subway, Wendy's, or Starbucks? KFC. 
What is Sokka's favorite Winter Olympic sport? Ooh. Downhill skiing. Is the opening ceremony an event? Figure skating, ski jumping, ice hockey, cross-country skiing, bobsled, snowboarding, or speed skating? Sokka would just be really into snowboarding, and he would really suck at it, too. True. I'm going to let you guess at what you think Sokka's emoji is. (laughs) Is it the moon face emoji? Nope. (laughs) Is it the snowboarding guy emoji? No. Sokka got okay hand. The okay hand. (laughs) What's up, dude? You're like, so laid back and chill. You like to take life at your own pace. Nothing phases you. Calm, cool, and collected. You're easygoing and real. <laughs> it just cuts off. You're easygoing and real. <laughs> I think that's what Sokka... Sokka would take this quiz and be like, hell yeah. Mm-hmm. But it's so, 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 so inaccurate. <laughs> It's definitely what Sokka would think that he himself that he himself is. Yeah, he is real. Hey, I have some questions for you. Oh, I would love to hear some questions. Oops. I have some questions from some old-ass Avatar fans from 2006. That's us. I'm not from 2006, but I'll take it. First question comes from Tananda. Tananda? Tananda. Tananda. Tananda asks, get this. Suki's makeup is water resistant. Wonder where she shops. Isn't most makeup nowadays sort of water resistant? This is 2006, remember? Okay. Probably Sephora because I feel like they have a very wide range. I don't know if Sephora is that old. They seem like they would have been in like New York in like the 90s. So Suki comes to the US, Mm -hmm. goes to New York. Yes. Visits Sephora. Yeah. Buys enough makeup for all of the Kyoshi warriors and returns to Kyoshi Island. I guess so. She would probably get splashed in water with at the end of this episode, but you don't really see it. Yeah, she's definitely soaked by the end of this episode. Okay. I mean, she got sopping wet in one easy step. <laughs> uh, Boomy underscore the underscore mad underscore genius asks, who is funnier? The foaming mouth guy or the cabbage guy? The cabbage guy. Can I offer, can I... Pull up out of my pocket oven, out of my easy bake oven. Can I extrude a hot take? Make a hot take. They're neither funny. <laughs> neither of them are funny. Um, so here's the thing. Oh, now we're gonna really get into the philosophy of humor. Mm-hmm. Humor. Uh, humor. Comedy. Comedy. UCB 101 theater. Derives from the Shattering of expectations. Yeah. And I expect a man to foam at the mouth when he <laughs> sees airbending. Next question comes from Ray Ray M. Ray Ray M asks, and I just want to emphasize all of the words in this sentence are capitalized. Just the first letter. Ray Ray M asks, I'm a quote unquote fan. Of Avatar. Haha, <laughs> get it? Because the Kyoshi Warriors use fans? Yes. Uh, and then our last question is from me to you. Okay. What are your cabbages? Uh, my cabbages is... Are? Are. A little bit of Animal Crossing and uh, a little bit of Paladins um, and a little bit of uh, Kingdom Hearts, the first game. What are your cabbages? Well, if I had to guess, my cabbages are Okami HD mm-hmm. for Switch, uh, Splatoon 2, and uh, 
paladins, I suppose. That's our cabbages. Here are a few more cabbages for you to consider. You can find me on Twitter at StellarGhost, on Tumblr at InnerStellarPrincess. You can find me... Where else can you find me? In my home. Please don't. And probably at the Seattle airport if you're there. Mm -hmm. You can find me on Twitter at OwlDude. You can find me on Tumblr at OwlDude. You might be able to find me if you ever order DoorDash. You can also find me and follow me through corridors and factories into the matinee, the heart of the matinee. Also follow us, uh, follow our podcast on Twitter at MyPodCabbages. Oh yeah, we're on Twitter. You can find all of our episodes when they release. You can find updates about various trips that we take that prevent us from uploading episodes. Why is this episode so late? Oh yeah, uh, last week we were at a Mabim Bim show, so we were unable to release an episode. Apologies for that. It was fun, though. You can find our uh, missed My Podcabbages episode by listening to the latest movie, Bam, where you might be able to hear me laughing really loud. The, the Orlando one. I also want to plug Noise Space again, noisespace.xyz or Z. So if you don't live in the U.S., it's XYZ. Everywhere else, it's <laughs> everywhere else being the U.S., it's XYZ. Actually, I, I don't think, know where they what use is Z in Z. I don't know. Yeah, we should probably like Scotland. They seem a little different. We should be doing <laughs> You can find lots of fun podcasts on Noise Space, such as City Girls Make Do. If you like Sex in the City or if you hate it, please listen to this show. It's hilarious, done by some friends, Stephanie and Alex. Uh, I'm also on that uh, show for one episode. We have other shows like Henry Kissinger's Pokemon Koi a very good politics and news podcast if you're interested in learning about those sorts of things. What else have we got? The Island Shuffle, a lost podcast. We got Giants Confirmed, Matt's new They Might Be Giants podcast. We got some other stuff. Uh, the Stick just released by Eden and David, some other friends of the show. There's a lot of other stuff on there. In fact, too much stuff. Go ahead and just check it out yourself. See if you find something that is good to your ears because there's stuff for everyone there. What else do we want to say? Noah is a very good musician. He does the music for the intro and the outro of our show. Um, you can just find all of his stuff through the things that he already plugged. But I just wanted to highlight that because I haven't yet. Thank you, Summer. Uh, Summer's a good artist, too. You can find her in the same ways. She but did the artwork for the podcast. <laughs> and some of the other artworks for the uh, Noise Face podcast. Thank you all for... Uh, See if you can guess which ones. Uh, true. It's a little game. <laughs> I have a very specific art style that I stick to for these things. That um, she sticks to. It's a little clue for you. <laughs> Thank you so much for listening. I'm glad that everyone is enjoying the show so far. It's really fun to do. And in fact, when we took a week off, I was even telling Noah like, oh, I really miss podcasting. It's fun. Those are the cabbages. Cabbages. Peace out, cabbages. <laughs> <laughs> I'm very against having like a name for fans, but this, I like cabbages. Cabbages <laughs> is very good. Cabbit cabbages. 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 All in a row. Netetsu, kabutsu, kabutsu, kabutsu. Here's the American version of that vine. Lettuce, lettuce, lettuce. Cabbage, cabbage, cabbage. Lettuce leaf? Lettuce leaf. Oh. 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 oh.
Cadillac ca- 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 cabbage. What was that one song um, that someone posted that was like just replace all these with cabbage? That one song. What's that poem about cabbage? What's that cabbage game when you play as a cabbage? What's that Nintendo What's the, game console? You know what that cabbage drink is called? What's Restaurant. The, What's that? When you pickle a cabbage. What, that. When did they do the the thing? Cabbages. Where's the? Can you get a? Hey hey hey! Can I? Do you have a cabbage where you that where you, you feel there? You could, where you could. You where could you, have. Where you, you feel could, like that. You where could do. You, ca- where you feel. You could do cabbages. Noah's going to grab a beverage. Ooh, you can hear it cracking in the background. It's ASMR time with Summer. Welcome to ASMR Vitar, the last ASMR Vitar bird. I'm your host, Summer. I don't have any fucking idea how to do ASMR. I guess I just am trying to sound like a butler. Zuko here. I'm gonna do some uh, fire ASMR. This is gonna. This is all gonna get cut out. This is gonna have some fire sounds. Uh, This is also gonna have some uh, flame sounds. This is gonna have some flame sounds. Um, uh, softly spoken, not whispering. Why did you get Uh, so nerdy all of a sudden? I'm I'm trying to do his raspy Zuko voice. I'm trying to do his raspy. Zuko you're not getting voice. raspy. You're just getting nasally and young. I'm trying to do his. I'm trying to do his raspy. Now you're just sounding like a butler, <sighs> like I was. Can we just get back to the okay. episode? <laughs>